Welcome back, podcast fans, to another episode of First Online with Friends. There's no place like art. Oh, these past two weeks have been filled with protests and a rising rage against injustices for Black lives. I can't go out and join these protests. I'm among those susceptible to catching the coronavirus. I can't march, but I can make art. There is a place for art in times of crisis. The arts activate change. They can heal and transform people's lives. My guest today, Valerie David, does just that. She is the Pink Hulk. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Valerie. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, please. I'm just so glad you took the time to be with me and my audience. I'm curious about that title. It kind of conjures up that cartoon character, you know, bursting into this mass of muscle and fury. How does the title connect to the message of your show and address the struggles that we are presently facing? Of course, the Pink Hulk title could not have been a better title for this solo show that I have about being a three-time cancer survivor. The pink ribbon, as we know, is from breast cancer, and I am a breast cancer survivor of stage two breast cancer and recently conquered stage four metastatic breast cancers. And so we know the ribbon is pink for breast cancer. I also had been diagnosed when I was 30 with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma stage three. And I didn't know this until I wrote the show, but the ribbon for lymphoma is that lime green of the Hulk. So it the title represents both cancers, the pink Hulk, lymphoma and breast cancer. And then the Hulk is a character who uses his anger to make change and to empower himself. And I felt that same kinship with the Green Hulk and with the Pink Hulk because I was so angry when I got cancer a second time and then a third time. The anger fueled me to fight back adversity from life from this and kept me going. And the irony is that I actually went to high school with the Green Hulk, Mark Ruffalo. And so the title also came about uh, for the Pink Hulk because the night that I was diagnosed with the cancer the second time, I was so angry that I emailed Mark at one in the morning and I said, I am so mad that I got cancer again, that I could be your Hulk counterpart, except my color would be pink. So there were many reasons why the Pink Hulk became that title. One, for being the strength, for having the power of anger to fuel you to fight this cancer, and also the ribbons, and then having had that email to him saying, I could be your pink counterpart. (laughs) You know, we have a lot of anger Yeah, uh, that is being experienced by so many people today. How can your show help fuel this anger and quell some of the fury that people are feeling 
not only about your experience, but also about this coronavirus pandemic that we're going through. Yes, yes. The, it is very similar in how we can use our anger to make change. And that's what we're doing now. Because of the protests and the anger that we see out there, they're making a difference. There's going to be police reforms. There's going to be new legislation. All these protests are, are, are not in vain. And the, the deaths that we've seen from Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and so many others, all of that stemming from the sadness and the anger, we will make change from this. And so good things come out of tragic circumstances. And I know that we have a long road ahead of us, but I am very confident that we will prevail. And it is difficult. And we need to also turn to each other to help each other through all this and to be unified, which when you see all these protests, it's really amazing, the unity from all over the world. And all of them are very, you know, it's not just people of color that are marching. It is people from all backgrounds, all religion, race, gender. There's such a unity that I think has never really been seen before on this scale. And even the little towns I've seen in Europe and smaller towns in the U.S., everyone is rallying together to fight injustice in the world. And it really is incredible. So I know there's a lot of pain and sadness with the coronavirus as well, but we are all also being unified in wanting to wear our masks and social distance and unifying in that too. So we are not spreading it, but we're going to be flattening that curve. And we, I'm confident too with all of the research that I'm seeing on the news that something will happen, will be a vaccine. So I have no doubt there's going to be hope in the future. I know times are tough right now, but we just have to to keep the faith that things will get better and they will. And already, you know, I'm living in Manhattan and New York is opening up slowly but surely. And we're still, you know, protesting with masks on and doing our best to social distance with that too. So two huge movements are going on right now with health and social justice. And it really is incredible and inspiring. You brought out three really important points. One of them is that the protests are not in vain. No. And similarly, art is not done in vain. So often, art is perceived as being extracurricular. We are not going to see theater for a long time. So one of the points that I think is important is that your art is making a difference to your show. And the second point that you brought out was the help, the unity that this movement is creating and the reforms that are coming as a result of it. How do those three points connect to the work that you're doing to advocate the fight against cancer? Absolutely. That's a, that, those are great points that you brought up. And with the Pink Hulk, I'm so honored that I'm still performing it. Art has not stopped. Theater has not stopped. What stopped is going to see it live. But I have been doing play readings and performing the Pink Hulk virtually. 
I am part of the Solo Arts Heels. I'm very honored with the Marsh Theater in San Francisco. And I did a performance uh, last month virtually performing excerpts and then having a talk back about patient advocacy. And that's the one thing with the Pink Hulk. Anytime I perform it, I always have a talk back with professionals in the uh, genre of the healthcare where we empower patients to keep fighting. And the thing about the Pink Hulk is that it's not just about cancer. And that's why it translates about fighting back any adversity in life. And I am doing, even tomorrow, uh, with Gilda's Club, I'm doing a workshop with cancer survivors and patients all about the power of the arts and healing and humor to use that as well. So I be, I'm going to be doing a workshop and improv exercises, excerpts from the Pink Hulk and having discussion with the group. This Friday, I'm going to be talking to theater students out in Ashland, North Carolina, also over Zoom about creating your own work and creating theater. So things have not stopped, and I'm so grateful for that. And even recently, I was part of the Stowe Weekend of Hope in Vermont, also virtually. It was a conference, their 20th anniversary, and was supposed to go to Vermont, but the conference still went on for for that weekend last month where I did a workshop with the Pink Hulk with cancer patients and survivors. And the wonderful thing about the virtual is that it opens up so many doors that didn't happen because we can do this virtually now. I had someone that was patched in from Germany to be part of the workshop that I did for the Stowe Weekend of Hope. And then I'm going to be performing in Iceland and partnering up with the cancer organization at the Reykjavik Friend in July to do excerpts and also have a talk back with the audience. So even though the physical theater space is somewhere we can't go to right now, it doesn't mean that we can't create theater and create the power of the arts to keep going. And the unity that I'm seeing with the arts all the arts organizations. I'm also part of Broadway Hearts, this wonderful nonprofit group that helps extraordinary children in the children's hospitals in the New York area. And we sing, get requests from the children at hospitals virtually and sing over Zoom to them. And we just had a video, two videos come out, put on a happy face to encourage kids to wear masks and a video just came out yesterday a cover of warrior by avril levine to help two kids that are going through a rough time right now anna and chase and we did this video to uplift them and inspire them through their their health crisis right now so art has not stopped and in fact i think it's fueled because of what's happening in the world uh, with the protests and the coronavirus, that we're not going to let anything stop us and we're going to rise above it. And as Governor Cuomo says, we're going to come back stronger and better and New York strong and the global strong. It's not just New York, but all over the world, we're coming back stronger than ever. And it really is so inspiring to me. And the Pink Hulk's message is the universal message of hope and empowerment. And the tagline is one woman's journey to find the superhero within. 
but it's not just me that's trying to find the superhero to fight my cancer. We're all superheroes, Fran. We all have that inner superhero that we are all activating all over the world to make change and, and get justice in the world and bring back a world of love and unity that I, that I feel we've lost through all of the, the heartbreaking situations that have happened in the U.S. And, and globally uh, with so many different things, uh, and it's really been amazing. So with my show, I'm fueled by what I see and the bravery of everyone that I see, the essential workers. I'm out there at 7 p.m. clapping every night to thank them because without the essential workers and all the people who are making things happen behind the scenes while we had been sheltering in place have really kept us going. I'm crying right now. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm actually I'm, I'm actually trying to fight back tears because we need hope. And in fact, Fran, when we first met each other, we were at a theater, and we both remember we both saw each other, and we both yes. with Karen, and we all three held our hands to cry because we wanted better lives for ourselves. And who knew? like so many months later that those tears are the same tears that everyone around us and in the world are shedding right now. And that how we held hands together to tell each other, we're going to get through this. And I'm saying now we're going to get through this too, all of us together in unity. And after our lovely podcast that I, again, I'm so grateful for, I'm going to be a guest on stars in the house where I had written a spoken word uh, piece about the coronavirus and the injustices going on. And I'll be doing that live this afternoon to express how I feel as the Pink Hulk in these circumstances and how we have to reactivate those superhero powers inside of us to get through all of this. And the one thing I wanted to say is I am a crazy comic book fan. And we have to look at those superheroes that we see for Marvel and DC Comics that they became superheroes because of tragic circumstances, made them who they are today. Like Batman, right? He saw his parents get shot and killed, and he became Batman. Superman lost his planet and his parents, and he became a superhero. And even when you look at Magneto from X-Men, he had it is based out of uh, the Holocaust, and he became who he is because of the circumstances of the Holocaust. And the same with Captain America. He was born out of the wars that we were fighting. So all of these superheroes that we see, you know, even Spider-Man got bit by a spider, tragic bite, and he became Spider-Man. And the Hulk, who I identify the most with, the, the Hulk became the Hulk because he was susceptible to that the radiation in an experiment. He became that superhero where he used his anger to do good in life. And all of these superheroes we see across the board on all comics are made from these circumstances where they want to change the world and make it a better world. And with the Pink Hulk, my little superhero, <laughs> uh, Pink Hulk with cancer, wants to do the same. I want to use my show to help inspire and empower people, not just those with cancer, but facing any adversity in life. I'd like to know, what is the source 
of your superhero strength, this pink Hulk? I credit my family, and I am so grateful for my family. And also I credit my friends and my doctors who helped me through this cancer, uh, which circling back to what the origin of my strength comes from, and that was a new, that's being immortalized in a new show that I'm writing called Baggage from Baghdad. In 1941, there was an uprising against the Jewish population in Baghdad called the Farhud. And that very night, my family fled the country. They left with what they could carry, and they ended up going to Habania and Port, and then they fled to India. And my father was about eight years old at the time, and my family had to be separated from my grandfather. The men had to stay behind, and the women and children were evacuated. And my grandfather said to my father, if you don't see me, you're going to now become the man of the house. And their strength, and my grandmother with two little kids in India trying to find family that we had and friends to be sheltered there until they ended up moving to New Jersey and then New York. They uh, immigrated to the United States. Eventually, my grandfather, three months later, um, was had been reunited. But it's that strength that my grandmother, with German planes bombing on them, because at the time, Iraq was part of the British Empire. So they were British subjects. So they were under attack because Iraq was part of Britain. So in World War II, they were targeted. And the one story, and this is in Baggage from Baghdad, the other thing of the strength of my family, my my grandfather and family almost had gotten hauled off by the Nazis. In 1939, my grandfather and my aunt and my dad and my grandmother were traveling, and they were in Austria, and they were boarding a train, and the Nazis were looking at everybody's passports. And my grandfather's name is Nissim Isaac David, and they were all British passports because they were British subjects. And so when they were on the train, one of the Nazi officers started accusing my family of being Jewish because of their name. And my grandfather kept saying, I don't understand. I'm British. And finally, one of the commanders said to leave. The Nazi commanders was, had been looking at my uh, aunt and thought she was very cute because she was very little at the time and had said, the commander said that the um, my aunt had reminded him of his daughter and said, leave them alone. And so they ended up boarding the train, but they could have been taken away right then. And this is a true story. My aunt said, I saved my family's life. And there were no seats left on the train by that time. So they ended up sitting with the Nazis in the train car. <laughs> and my grandmother encouraged them to play with the officers. And it was just this incredible story of survival that my family survived being hauled off by the Nazis from that train. And then in 1941, they fled the country to find a better life so they could have religious freedom that they couldn't have. And so I, I remember when 
I got cancer the second time, my cousin said to me, remember the stock that you're from. And my grandmother had non-Hodgkin's and Hodgkin's lymphoma in the 1950s, and she was the only person who survived in North Shore Hospital on Long Island because chemo hadn't been developed then. So I said, if my grandmother can survive cancer with only radiation, and she was the only one that survived, she ended up being in a study and survived 30 more years and then eventually had cancer in her 70s that ended up ending her life. Why can't I survive? So they're such an inspiration to me, and that's why I want to pay tribute to them in the new solo show that I'm developing. So it comes from a family of survivors, and if they can survive, then I can survive because I see what they went through. And it's still happening today where people have to flee their country from persecution and they're not allowed to live the life that they want to live. The discrimination and the prejudice that we see even more now today. I grew up in Richmond and I found out they're taking down all the Confederate statues in Richmond that represented slavery and represented such injustice. So I feel it's the same thing that my family went through in the 1940s is happening today. And we need to learn from the past to keep forward moving into the future. I'm curious to know how these family members are part of any of your characters in your show. Yes, they definitely are. I have many characters. Um, my mother and father play prominent roles in the Pink Hulk and my sisters and family and friends. And I take everyone on a journey from when I got diagnosed for the first time with cancer, the second time, and then the third time. And I want to also preface this by saying that I had been diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer in 2018 and through oral medications only, there's now no trace of the cancer. And so it is an absolute miracle. And I'm so grateful for that. With the medication that I'm on, less than 5% of all patients on this medication get a 100% response. And I am in less than that 5% group. And I'm Bravo. grateful. Yes. And so I want to also give hope to people that with cancer, the word cancer just denotes such fear and anxiety. And we can fight back through our cancer and through our health. And in fact, I was very moved on Sunday. It was National Cancer Survivor Day. And someone reached out to me from high school and said, I just want you to know that I just went through breast cancer and you and your show had been an inspiration to me. So it's just been incredible. And I want to circle back to your question, which was, again, about... Can you remind me again? I'm sorry. I, the I, characters, I, I, your family history. And I was wondering if you could maybe do a little clip from your show to give us a flavor of how your family is part of one or some of the characters. Oh, sure. Well... The one thing that I wanted to say about with my mom and dad is that when this part isn't in the show, but just to show the strength of my family, when I told them the first time I had cancer, there were lots of tears and sadness. And then when the second time, there were also tears and sadness. But this third time, I ended up telling them I wanted to 
tell them in Times Square, I called them from Times Square and I said to my mom and dad, I have some news for you. I have cancer for a third time. And they were very quiet. And my mom and dad had such a different reaction. My mom said, you know what? I'm This time, I'm really mad. I'm really mad. Here we go again, right? Rallying around again. So it was really, it was so wonderful to have that support from them always. And this time, a very different support that there was this, it wasn't, oh, no, it was, you know what? It's happening again. Let's do it. And we're going to do it. And we're going to fight this all together. So I was really, really so grateful to my mom and dad and my sisters and all my family and friends and doctors who've been with me from the beginning when I had cancer. But there was this one part in the story that I have. And in fact, it's funny, friend, there are many, many stories that fortunately can't get on the cutting room floor, right? And you wish you could put all of the stories in, but the show runs a little over an hour. So you have to pick up the right stories for the pink hole step, move it along. But there's this one part in the story where I went to the gym to work out the morning I had my lumpectomy and my parents were visiting. And while the gym, uh, Dr. Gail O'Connor, my world-renowned breast cancer surgeon, and I'm reading this from the show, and MSK called my cell phone, which I left behind, and my mother answers it. Is Valerie there? No, she's at the gym. What do you mean she's at the gym? That's what I thought, too. I'm only her mother. She never listens to me. Well, we need her to come now. We're ahead of schedule. And why is she working out right before her surgery? So then I came home, and my mother said, MSK called. She's from Brooklyn, by the way. I told you, you should have taken your cell phone. They want you to come now. You should have been there already. So I jump in the shower with my mom and dad, and we race out the door, and my hair is dripping wet. And then... When I go to get my surgery and I'm in my chic hospital gown, Dr. O'Connor says to everyone in the surgical room, this is Valerie David. She went to the gym this morning. That's the first time I ever had that happen the day someone was having surgery. And everyone <laughs> was cheering and clapping because they were so impressed that I was going to the gym the day I was having surgery when you're not supposed to have liquids or anything. And I was, and I remember I told the doctor, you should be happy I'm working out. I'm trying to be healthy and work out to have a strong heart for this surgery. So you have so many stories with my mom and dad. And one thing that I always remember is that when I had lymphoma, I had a complication and I was in the hospital and I had to stay overnight and there weren't any hospital beds left for my mom to sleep in, in the room. They have those like portable beds. And she stayed up in a chair all night with me. And one thing I remember is I woke up and she could see with the pain that I was in from having a complication with the cancer. And she looked at me and she said, I wish it were me instead of you. And I just said, Mom, please don't ever say that. I'm like, Mom, don't say that. And I remember when I was diagnosed with lymphoma, and even though I'm the pink Hulk, rah, 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 woo, strength, I'm not going to sugarcoat this either. There were hard down days that I had. That's when you your strength comes. And there's a saying that I love, that I live by, that says from an old acting teacher I had, Tracy Trevette, that said, 
I need my tears to get to my feels. And it is not a weakness to cry. It's not a weakness to be sad because it's something that shows your strength and vulnerability. And there's nothing, nothing to be ashamed of for that. So when people say, I'm sorry, I'm crying, never, ever apologize. And I remember when I had lymphoma and I just was diagnosed and my parents were with me and I had gotten a phone call from the doctor's office and I was crying and crying. And my dad literally picked me up from the floor and held me and said, Valerie, we're going to fight this. Come on, girl, we're going to do it. We're going to do this. Don't you worry. You're going to be fine. And that support. And the one thing, too, I wanted to say, because we're going through this and How many articles, Fran, have we seen about the anxiety that people are having all all over from sheltering in place, from a deluge of news that every morning you wonder, are we still going to be here? The hurt from the the protests, the violence, the shootings, the, the coronavirus, the death from the coronavirus, that I want to tell people, don't be afraid to reach out for help because we are living in tough times. And I know with the cancer, I've seen the therapist and seeking help now and had been attending support groups. And the one thing we need to do is to take care of our mental health as well as our physical health. There's no shame in asking for help right now, especially now. We are living in unprecedented times. I know waking up in the morning, I look at the news and I just cry. And it's just so sad and so many friends I know are going through such a struggle, including myself with seeing everything going on in the world, but we can't let that stop us. We need to seek help if we feel the need to, which I know there's a strong need right now. We need to look at the arts for help, watching the wonderful programming that's online for us now. I know that Just Mercy, they're now streaming for free. All these movies, there's plays, A Streetcar Named Desire, the National Theater, the Actors Fund is doing so many wonderful things, so many organizations, too many to even to say on, on this podcast, but there's so many organizations that are out there to help others, to thank the volunteers. There's so many things that we can do with protesting and volunteering, asking for help, giving help, delivering meals, creating theater. I know a lot of play readings, especially ones I've been in, I've done so many readings of new works virtually that the arts is still alive and well, and we're not letting that stop us. And that's why I was mentioning the solo arts heels with uh, Stephanie Wiseman and Gail Shickley that are heading it, that this is a special group of solo show artists who are using art to help inspire and, and empower. And every solo art show in this group, a solo show, has an ailment of OCD or cancer or being a caregiver, fighting child abuse. There's so many different genres in this one group alone that every Wednesday an artist is featured with doing excerpts from the show and having a talk back. And we need those talkbacks. We need those conversations to talk about what's on our minds and what we can do to resolve things. And that's what these protests are. We're making change. We want change. We want reform. And we can do that by doing it together and being united, which, again, it's been unprecedented, the global unity that is going on right now. So we cannot deny the fact 
that we are experiencing a pandemic. It is. So through your show, we want to educate. We want to reach out. And also, I love the fact that you said, I'm not trying to sugarcoat everything. You get right down to the gritty. This is what it is, and what can I do to make that change? Would you share a little bit about that? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I've been very grateful and lucky to have two directors with the Pink Colts, Patrick Willis and Maris Heller. And Patrick helped figure out what was important to put in the story. The thing with the Pink Hulk and why it's resonating is that the one thing that the show has been highlighted about and has been talked about is my frankness and honesty. There's a lot of humor in the show, and I'll get to that as well. But I talk about menopause and early menopause and the fact that I can't have children and I had to reconcile with that. But again, there's other ways you can adopt. I could be a stepmother. There are other ways I could be a mom. I talk about what it was like in the radiation room, which was my least favorite part of treatment. Because when you're when you have radiation, you're by yourself. You know, you can't have anyone in the room. Kind of reminds me of that movie Silkwood, where they had to sequester Meryl Streep for being exposed to radiation. So in the radiation room, it's this huge door with those signs like radiation, do not enter. And it's like this giant Wizard of Oz door that just slams that's like a billion feet thick. And you're by yourself getting radiation. And that to me was the hardest part because with chemo, you could have someone in the room with you, right? But you can't have that in radiation. So I take them through that. And I also want to educate because when in my show, and this is part of it, I was allergic to a chemo drug and I kept getting sick and I knew something was wrong. And I kept telling the doctor, you know, I keep getting these really bad reactions. And it turns out through tests, I was allergic to the drug and they had to stop that chemo. But if it wasn't for me saying, you know what, it's a red flag, something's wrong. I wouldn't have known I was allergic to it had I not spoken up. And then with cancer, and this is also in the show, I got cancer a third time. But before I found out officially I had cancer, I actually called my doctor because I was having these weird pains. And I said, you know, something is wrong. I said, I think I have cancer again. And they were like, oh, no, you probably don't. It's a pulled chest muscle. And it turns out that I was right. I did have cancer again. And had I not said anything, who knows how how much longer this would have passed. And a testament to say, you know, never, ever, ever not listen to your intuition. And so the thing about the pink Hulk is giving hope. So it was very hard to not put everything in the show, but there were key moments such as, the radiation scene and the bike scene. I have in the show a bike marathon, spoiler alert, where um, two months after I finished treatment, I ended up doing a 40-mile bike marathon. And I didn't think that I could do it. And I remember the morning of the bike marathon, I was with my friend Wendy and a couple of other friends. And I said to all of them, you know what? I said, I'm not going to finish this. So don't worry about that. I'm going to go as far as I can go, maybe about 10 miles, and then I'm going to drop out. So don't you worry. And I said, I'm going to do the best that I can. And then 
on the bike marathon, I hit mile 10 and then mile 15, Fran, and then mile 20. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this. I can't believe I'm going to do this. And then I was hitting the last few miles. It's the, it ends the last part of it is on the Verrazano Bridge, which is this huge bridge. And this is in the show and I kept pumping my legs and I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then when I descended down the last half of the bridge and I could see the finish line, Fran, it was the greatest moment of my life. I was going to do it. I said, oh my God, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And when I crossed that finish line, it was the most triumphant day of my life because not only did I finish the marathon it represented finishing and crossing the finish line with cancer and I remember my friend said to me you know Valerie I know you said you didn't you didn't think you were going to finish it but she goes you know what Wendy said I knew you would and so that's part of the the journey of the pink Hulk is that finish line and that finish line for all of us the crossing that finish line to get the justice we want to end the coronavirus and and everything that we need to do in our lives we can do and the other thing is that humor is so important and when i was when i was in treatment i actually kept performing improv while i was in treatment and that really helped me a lot. Like whenever I felt well enough, I was still performing. I had no hair. I put a scarf on and I was determined to keep performing. And four days after I ended up having a lumpectomy, I auditioned for a film with all my bandages on. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to let this stop me. And, you know, we were talking about my mom. My mom's like, you're not going to that audition. You're crazy. You just finished surgery. And I'm like, I'm going. And she goes, well, I'm going with you. <laughs> so my mom went with me to the audition. <laughs> and, um, it was hilarious. And Peter Jensen was uh, the auditioner. And he was my teacher at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, where I graduated from their program. And Peter was like, oh, you brought your mother. And I was like, oh, yeah, she hasn't seen you since graduation. And she just wanted to come and say hi, you know. And um, and she's like, oh, hi, Tina. Nice to see you again, you know. And he was like, okay, this grown woman is bringing her mother to the audition. And then months later, I told him why, and he couldn't believe it. I was like, I had, I brought her because I had just finished surgery for a lumpectomy, and she, uh, she wanted to make sure I was okay. And I'm so glad she was, she was there because I was, I was so exhausted after the audition. And it didn't matter that I didn't get the part. That's okay because I went on that audition, and and I said to myself, I'm going to keep doing that, uh, and not let that stop me. And the other thing about the show is the humor, and that's also what I think makes the Pink Hulk unique, because you don't think cancer as funny, right? It's a celebration of womanhood. In the show, I talk about the differences with having lymphoma and breast cancer, and then again, that goes back to reshaping the story, because having two cancers at the time, and then three cancers at the time, so I had dramaturgy help having people look at it, trying to help shape it with uh, Patrick and Maris and Cynthia Adler helping me with that. And that's the one thing I want to tell as well with people who are developing their art and stories is have a lot of readings, have readings and 
keep changing the story and perfecting it. And I've been touring it since 2016. And I can tell you, Fran, how much it's changed from the beginning because it's never a finished product when you first start it. And I kept perfecting it and changing it. And then the story changed because I was actually diagnosed with stage four metastatic breast cancer that spread to my bones the day the show Pink Hulk show opened in Portland, Oregon. So the show must go on. So I got a call that morning as I was going into a tech rehearsal that the results came back that I had stage four cancer and I was performing that night. And I said to myself, I'm not going to let it stop me. And I performed that night and I continued to run and continued performing when I was getting these oral medications and then found out five months later that everything was okay. But so important to say, you know, I'm going to live life on my terms and I'm not going to let cancer stop me. And the thing with the second time with cancer, I ended up having a lumpectomy, but I thought I was going to get a mastectomy. And there's a lot of humor in the show because I was so afraid that cancer would rob me of my womanhood, right? That permanent side effect. But again, you have to work through those. Okay, this is the card that I'm dealt. Well, I'm going to throw the deck of cards, 52 pickup, and I'm going to pick up those cards. The hand that I'm dealt, I'm going to win the poker game, you know? And Absolutely. Uh, keep fighting, right? Absolutely. And, so, and there's a lot of humor because I called old boyfriends and I was like, oh, I might have a mastectomy. Can, I, can we meet tonight? And so, you know, so there's a lot of humor in that. And then you'll have to come see the story uh, show to see the ending of talks about my love life in the pink cult. So there's so many factors with the show that there's humor. And one reviewer said, I laughed and I cried. And I want it to be a catharsis for the audience. Because I know that my own show was a catharsis for me, having to perform it, knowing that I had cancer a third time. And at that point, I didn't know what was going to happen. And I was afraid of my own mortality. But you just have to keep going and have faith, have this, that inner superhero. I reactivated it. And I say this in the show three times to keep fighting and reactivating the superhero to survive these times as well. So it's not just cancer now. We're we're having to be finding the superhero within ourselves to go through one of the hardest times we've had in recent history. This has really been a, a tough situation the whole U.S. and the whole world is in. But we have to keep going with our superhero inside. And we shall. And we shall. Valerie, I'm going to take a breath <laughs> because you are... A one-woman warrior. And if I were holding a deck of cards, you would be the queen in my... I am so grateful for... And you, sharing. and you, Or the ace. You're the ace. You're the ace. Oh, I so you. admire you and adore you and love you. You're amazing. Thank you. And to close the show... I want to ask you and let our audience members know, where are you taking this idea to the next level? Yeah, that's a great question. And thank you. I think with these times, it has spurred so many new things that I'm doing that I never thought I would do. I've been doing a lot of uh, new writing and writing about how, how 
similar, the cancer experience being a patient was very similar to the coronavirus, like sheltering in place and having to be quarantined, is, which is what a cancer patient has to go through when their white cell counts drop from chemo. You can't be around large crowds and you're susceptible to infection because of a low immune system from the chemo. So just talking about the similarity stemming from, from the times that we're living in. And I'm going to be performing Baggage from Baghdad, which I'm still uh, developing and still writing and developing. And that will be this fall with Emerging Artist Theater Company New Works that ended up getting postponed. So because of the virtual world that we're in, it's actually opening up a lot of doors for the pink cult to be able to have people in a workshop from all states. And again, I mentioned this virtual world is allowing a lot more people to see the pink cult and experience the pink cult. And that's same with other artists, not just me, but other plays, things that people normally who couldn't get to the theater are now being able to see it virtually. So with the pink cult, with the added performance of it and doing excerpts, it's now become a bigger movement from me for patient advocacy. And that's what this whole movement about is right now going on in the world is that people feel they don't have a voice. Well, you know what? You do have a voice. You can make change. And I felt that way with being a patient that are happening. And to circle back to that superhero uh, genre, that out of tragedy, isn't it lotus flower grows out of mud? So the most beautiful flowers grow out of dirt. The superheroes that we see in Marvel and DC Comics, they came out of this dirt of tragedy into something that's beautiful and helpful and changing the world. So I think Thank you, Valerie. I, 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 am, I am ready and raring to go for all of my listeners out there. Let's put on our capes and be yes. the superheroes that we can be. Please be sure to check out the blog about Valerie, all of the links to what she mentioned. It will be on that post. Thank you so much. And yes, I, I wear a cape in the show, so let's put on our capes. And Fran, I can't thank you enough for having me be on your podcast. It's quite an honor. And uh, thank you so much. And I adore you. And it was an honor to be on this. So thank you. And visit com for further information about the show. And thank you so much. Thank you, Valerie. Find out more about what Fran is up to. Go to her website at firstonlinewithfran.com. This program was produced by March Hare Media and recorded at We Chief Studio Productions. <laughs>